chapter seventeen and eighteen of the measure of a man a tale of the big woods by norman duncan this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen a father for the baby little patty batch of swamp's end in the lumber woods had from the very beginning intended never to be married but with the advent of the baby shortly thereafter to be precise she had changed her mind it was not often that the positive little creature was disposed to weakness of this description but she had all at once gone round about in the matter with something of a jerk indeed and in surprise like a robin turning its head and she had now finally decided at first however when the baby was quite new conceiving herself then to have been made altogether independent of a mr patty batch by this amazing stroke of good luck her ancient resolve against matrimony had grown all of a sudden fixed and gigantic why thinks she in gleeful illumination and as though shaking a defiant little fist in the face of the whole masculine world i don't have to do i all very well but presently the baby well of course as everybody knows a baby is everywhere a fashioning power one never can tell what extraordinary changes a baby will work without so much as a word or a wink or a by your leave and this baby patty batch's baby began at once to revolutionize the adoring universe of patty batch's little cabin at the edge of the big woods it was not patty batch's very own baby nor of course was it john fairmeadow's baby it was nobody's baby at all indeed in so far as the bedraggled lumber town of swamp's end was aware it was a foundling child the gift of a winter's gale brought to patty batch as may be recalled in ease of her desolation and in advancement of its own fortunes by john fairmeadow to whom it had mysteriously been bequeathed by a shadow now vanished and never seen again a welcome gift to be sure with grey billy batch lost in the rattle water rapids in the drive of that year and his tender daughter left abandoned by his death living alone and disconsolate in the log cabin at the edge of the big black woods moreover patty batch had with her whole heart always wanted a baby and now that she had a baby a baby to polish at the appointed intervals from the crown of its head to the very most cunning of all created toes a suitable and amazing infant in every respect she was content with all the gifts of fortune when next morning after the baby's astonishing arrival in the arms of john fairmeadow patty batch bent in a glow of motherly adoration over the morsel in the basket by ginger thinks she i'd just like to see the president of the united states ask me to marry him the baby of course chuckled his approbation whereupon patty batch ferociously declared i'd squelch him what of the untoward and in what overwhelming measure might instantly have happened to the poor gentleman in the event of a declaration so presumptuous heaven knows an indication of the sorrowful catastrophe however in which a similar temerity would surely have involved the bold gentlemen of swamp's end and elegant corners was conveyed in patty batch's mounting flush in the flash of her scornful grey eyes in her attitude of indignation in her rosy little fists and most of all perhaps in the saucy but infinitely bewitching tilt of her dimpled chin 
she would not at that moment have indulged the choicest flower of those parts not with a perfectly satisfactory baby already in her possession patty batch having declared her loyalty to the baby kissed his round cheek so softly that it might very well have been the caress of a dewdrop and then she lifted him from the basket and let him lie on her breast where if you will believe it he just exactly fitted and ah uh, she snorted i reckon i'm not askin no odds o nobody kings and emperors included subsequently however motherly little patty batch forever on the lookout for menacing circumstances had all of a sudden discovered a lack in the baby's life the need indeed was a swift and poignant revelation and bitter too to the mother taste and like the untoward it remained thereafter in patty batch's memory fixed in its scene patty batch recalls to this day that the sun was warmly shining that a little breeze flowed over the pines and splashed into gray billy batch's lazy clearing where it rippled the fragrant grasses and that the twitter and amorous call of spring were in the soft wind it was sunday an interval of rest from the wash-wash washing for the bottle river camps in behalf of the baby's education patty batch had polished the baby she had soaked swabbed scrubbed and scraped the baby until the delicious morsel shone to a point of radiancy that might fairly have blinded the unaccustomed beholder and the blessed one with that patience with love which distinguished and endeared it had done nothing but smile in bored toleration of all this motherly foolishness from the moment of first unbuttoning to the happy time of buttoning up again patty batch had the baby now in a sunlit patch of wild flowers at the edge of the woods which presently the lumberjacks from the bottle river camps drifting from the dim forest trail to the clearing of swamp's end for sunday diversion went passing she heard laughter going by it was no clean boyish glee it was a blasphemous outburst by which however bred at swamp's end patty batch would not have been greatly disturbed had not the baby catching ear of it too crowed in response it was the answering call patty batch fancied in a flash of man to man what you laughing at she demanded the baby chuckled stop it said patty batch severely by now the laughter of the men had gone down the trail but the baby was still chuckling with a little ear cocked for the vanishing hilarity what you laughing at patty whispered the baby stared in amused bewilderment stop it patty commanded scowling in a rage of fear she caught the baby's dimpled hand a rough grasp don't laugh like that she pleaded of course the baby was infinitely astonished and puckered his lips in protest that whatever it was he couldn't help it and he would next instant have surprised the woods his mouth was opening wide had not the motherly little thing snatched him to herself never mind she crooned contritely oh never mind never mind now her heart in a flutter patty batch tried to interpret its agitation in definite terms and presently she understood that the baby was a departing guest it was the inevitable revelation for a moment she stood at bay against the law of growth and change amazed pale her rosy little fists clenched her sweet red lips tight shut her gray eyes pools of resentful fire 
love is no trifling nor any free delight it costs to love and there is no easing of the obligation but there abides in love the seed of its own salvation patty batch cried a little it would malign her motherly heart to protest that she did nothing of the sort but at least she had the decency to turn her face away from the baby who had nothing to do of course with the law of growth and was innocent of blame and to manage a wry and glistening smile when she turned about again she picked the baby up then from his bed and throne of flowers and hugged him tight and kissed him until he squirmed whereupon she set him away and stood off regarding him in awe and wilful accusation and at once began to cry again her heart yielding against her will john fairmeadow was no longer a bowery outcast he was now a strapping rosy bubbling young fellow with a mighty zeal in behalf of a clean world and he was in the days of this stressful time engaged with a broom of lusty faith upon the accumulations at swamp's end and all the shanty towns of his big green parish it promised to be he sometimes fancied a permanent employment but every morning with a soul refreshed he took off his coat rolled up his sleeves seized his broom and turned to once more with a smile and hearty will his zeal not in the least discouraged by the magnitude of his task he was a fine figure of a man body and soul he was known to swamp's end as a man a jolly pugnacious sensitive prayerful fellow with a pure purpose in the world and a fixed determination to achieve it he had twinkling gray eyes broad shoulders a solid jaw a straight back and a tender voice it was not however with these charms nor with those which have been omitted from this catalogue that he impressed a better way upon his remote and rebellious parishioners it was rather with a masterful intention amazing devotion a pair of dependable and intelligent fists good fellowship and generosity unfailing and just a worthy fellow indeed from his soft utterance in prayer to his roar of laughter in the glow of the bunk-house fires turning now from the bottle river trail he was bound out to the camps for sunday preaching he came upon patty batch in tears at the edge of the woods why why why, why he exclaimed aghast what's all this child nothin said patty batch nothing john fairmeadow protested well patty batch drawled with a snuffle i'm just cryin a little bit i should think you were said john fairmeadow there's a tear on the tip of your nose but why nothin patty batch replied indifferently nonsense john fairmeadow declared nothin much said patty batch john fairmeadow inquiringly lifted patty batch's little brown hand whereupon patty batch looked shyly away without very well knowing why and demanded an explanation it's the baby patty batch admitted preposterous said john fairmeadow in disgust the baby isn't old enough to hurt anybody's feelings the baby patty batch sighed hath got to grow up glad of it cried john fairmeadow i'm delighted it's going to be no baby no more of course not said john fairmeadow have you nothing better to do than cry over that well patty batch flashed i guess i know my business i'm a mother she declared indignantly for the life of him john fairmeadow could discover no cause of grief in this fine prospect of growth 
good heavens said he why shouldn't the baby grow up hasn't he the right to grow up if he wants to patty batch sat up with a jerk and stared at john fairmeadow what say she gasped hasn't he the right to grow up patty batch pondered this presently she sighed and wiped her gray eyes this here baby doesn't belong to me at all she said slowly with the resignation inevitable in good mothers when the revelation is complete he belongth to himself a good thing to have over and done with patty batch resolute little heart was not much given to weeping and once having faced the inevitable persuaded now too that a soul is its own possession she dried her tears completely and turned with rising courage to refashion her motherly strategy in the light of this new vision there would be growth and change and going away the baby would grow up the baby would presently disappear in the boy and the boy like a flying shadow would vanish in the man very well what then a revision of her love in its forms of expression certainly patty batch moreover must instantly devise a plan it began to rain by and by the lazy breeze flowing over the pines brought at nightfall a cold drizzle and patty batch the baby stowed away in rosy sleep drew up to the fire to think in her father's way then and there for the baby she scattered her future to the winds of chance emptied her heart of its abiding desires and overturned her little world she sat for a long time heart and mind washed clean of selfishness dreaming heavily in the glow concerning the making of men how should one make a man what was demanded what cleverness what labour what sacrifice and the night had not far sped before wise little patty batch came gravely to her momentous conclusion only a man she determined could make a man john fairmeadow tapped at the door and heartily bidden entered for a moment from the rainy wind well well said he it's high time all little mothers were in bed come come my good woman i just dropped in to pack you off this here little mother said patty batch with a saucy toss if mighty biffy busy cried john fairmeadow yep patty batch declared but she's pretty near through john fairmeadow demanded to know of course what the little mother had been bothering her pretty brains with nothin said patty batch none of that john fairmeadow protested anyhow said patty batch nothin much out with it young woman i spose patty batch drawled that i got to get married nonsense john fairmeadow ejaculated by ginger patty batch burst out with a slap of her knee i got to get this here baby a father a what a father for this here baby john fairmeadow jumped patience batch said he promptly how would i do certainly not said patty batch why not john fairmeadow wanted to know because drawled patty batch i'd be an excellent parent john fairmeadow declared i'd be an excellent parent for any baby why i'd john fairmeadow patty exclaimed what's the matter with me fairmeadow demanded why wouldn't i do the idea cried patty batch her gray eyes popping john fairmeadow was forthwith shooed into the night and rainy wind to cool his ardor john fairmeadow laughed all the way to swamp's end sometimes it was a roar of laughter with his head thrown back and sometimes it was a quiet chuckle 
sometimes it was laughter without much mirth in it at all but at any rate he was vastly amused with the situation and he continued his doubtful laughter to the door of pale peter's saloon at swamp's end as for patty batch the conscientious little thing sat brooding for a long long time and she determined at last and finally that however much the baby might need a father john fairmeadow would never do never he would not do at all admirable as he was in general good and kind as he was he was not desirable as a parent patty batch could not explain possibly precisely how she had come to this conclusion but that she did come to it and that thereupon she resolutely crossed john fairmeadow off the list of prospective fathers is a matter of history she must address herself she fancied to the task of discovering somebody else and having discovered a person of promise she determined she would not let the grass grow under her feet it would perhaps be a difficult task it would surely be a delicate one to disclose her mind to the victim but this must be done and done with good cheer for the baby's sake singularly enough when patty batch had put the baby to bed for the night and when too she had put her sweet little self to bed she began to cry this narrative however must now concern itself not with the matrimonial adventures of patty batch but with the matrimonial adventures of no less a person than gingerbread jenkins and the part that big john fairmeadow played in them it will be recalled that gingerbread jenkins having discovered plain tom hitch agreeably employed with a flower determined to reform i reckon i'll get married said he and settle down john fairmeadow had a word to say about that and what john fairmeadow said and what he did old john rowell of bottle river can tell better than anybody else chapter eighteen gingerbread it was snowing at swamp's end the flakes were shaken to the wind from a thick sky to which the moon gave a narrowing circle of misty light the gale came from the farther northwest it ran over the pines broken free of the mountains and careering unaware tumbled headlong into the little clearing at kettle camp of the bottle river cutting where it swirled bewildered and angry having rattled the windows of the bunkhouse in a flush of indignation and having shaken the doors in complaint and having beaten the roofs in a vicious prank of the night and having poked cold and searching fingers with impudent curiosity into every smallest crevice of these low log habitations and having howled in the lustiest fashion through all the agitated experience it rushed away to the big woods whisking off the smoke of the cabin fires and their short-lived sparks the smoke found good company and an engaging adventure with the roistering wind it seemed but the aspiring little sparks flashing gladly in the free wind's wake died of frosty hardship in the first eager flight it was sunday night an idle time with cold weather and a blinding gale to keep men close to encouraging company and to the fires rowl the scaler weathered to the knot and grain of his tall nature by fifty years of forest labour and grown vastly sentimental in the same silence and isolation and forming companionship kicked open the door of the superintendent's stove and flung in more wood growling contemptuously in answer to the wind's big roaring his big face scowling and red in the furnace glow 
it's all very well for you to warm your shanks and toast your souls raoul growled married raoul growled of course he's married the superintendent laughed why shouldn't he be married raoul demanded why should he the superintendent retorted for one reason raoul drawled because john fairmeadow was willing to tie the knot the superintendent laughed again but you see he began gingerbread jenkins look here raoul interrupted impatiently it's all very well for you young lusty bucks to squat here at this fire on a windy night and guess about men and women it's all very well for you to warm your shanks and toast your souls and gab and declare about men and women it's all very well for you to take a child's chart of the world in your hands and discover the worth of a man to a woman and the service she owes him it's all very well for you i've no doubt to look for god's purposes in the dark and troubled hearts of us all with a lantern a half-baked experience and devil's wishes it's youth to guess to guess and to have no obligations and to pay nothing it's youth to take without thinking and to complain of burnt fingers it's youth to blame god for its own stupidity it's youth to plan a better world than the ancient of days himself could make with his own almighty hands out of the knowledge of his years and all the pain of them it's youth to excuse itself and to find fault and to whine injustice and to curse the law it has stupidly offended it's age to laugh at guesses it's age to content itself with wonder to find wisdom in visions to know the law to accept and to be still and as for gingerbread jenkins and john fairmeadow and the woman he concluded his emotion breaking in a quiet chuckle why well said the superintendent well the scaler drawled i never could quite figure it out that a sod a swamp's end have much to spare in the same room with the mother of a child what child why any child raoul burst out anybody's child don't you understand raoul went on with the tale of gingerbread jenkins tis a big and curious world no doubt raoul began after a little brooding pause with a chuckle in which was more of melancholy than of laughter and no discredit to the reputation of its maker as i do grant and believe i've been a lover of books in my time though no great reader of the hearts of living men but tis doubtless true of cities as tis the almighty truth of these woods that a man's soul gives him small bother till he strangled it tis right there in the job mindin its own business workin overtime with as little fuss as may be and no thanks at all to turn out courage and hope and kindness fresh for the day's need but in all the world tis god help a man once he's seen his soul lyin dead at his feet there's always a land left no doubt where the law can't find a man a new place on the face of the earth to hide from what can't follow but there's no new land for the man who's once clapped eyes on his own dead soul and that was the trouble with poor gingerbread jenkins he came blithe from the north coast by way of the main woods to log out here on bottle river a lad as clean as morning with a taste for stars and trees and the habit of chuckles and with the same word for all women as for the mother he'd write to every sunday night by the light of a lantern in his bunk but twas no great tale of years as the years fall upon careful men before pale peter's whiskey and the lights of swamp's end had turned him into the grey-headed frowsy little grouch that he was before john fairmeadow got a hold of him good god they'd say that knew him once is that young gingerbread jenkins 
just the leavin says i that used to be gingerbread jenkins the devil's picked him to the bones quick worth says they the devil feeds fast on a good man says i when not interrupted but gingerbread didn't know rowl gingerbread whined once last winter when he came crawlin back to camp from swamp's end all a jump from liquor i've had my fling now and i'm through i know when i got enough ah says i yes i am says he i'm through you're through all right till you make another stake says i and get the stomach to hold it just where you put it i'm getting too old to travel with the boys says he i'm tired too rowl and i want to get somebody to take care of me who might that be says i well says he a woman it's been done before says i just about time i married says he and settled down it's been done before says i by men like you yes says he that's the way it goes as a usual thing you see rowl it's natural when a man gets to my age he's pretty much always had his fill and then he just naturally marries and settles down what you getting married for says i well says he nothing like a good woman to steady a man you take a good woman rowl and if she's been well fetched up and careful of herself she'll be clever at that as well as useful in other ways that's the business of women a good woman rowl a sweet little womanly sort of girl who's lived all her life in her own home and not seen too much the world is just the sort of wife a man who's lived too free will get for himself if he knows what he's about and a man who's lived too free isn't the sort to be fooled in a little matter like that i know you rowl says he and i know you're no hand for matrimony but you're making a big mistake there ain't nothing in the world like a good woman to take care of a man and steady him when he's had his fill i've been thinking says he that if i went slow and picked him over and chose with my eyes open i might get the right sort to look after me i'd be a sight better off says he with a little homestead out here and a wife to keep it than i am sleeping in a bunkhouse and pushing my stake over the bars at swamp's end and anyhow says he i'm tired of liquor you got a little woman handy says i not handy says he but back where i come from rowl there's a little girl that used to be wonderful fond of me she's a comfortable little thing too rowl and might answer very well if i give her a fair show in the beginning a man ought to give a little girl like that a chance to get the hang of things before he passes judgment on whether she's going to do or not there's many a man that doesn't but as for me i'm not of that kind i got feelings i've been thinking of the little thing back home says he but I haven't quite made up my mind how long is it since you saw her says i oh, she's not overly old yet says he what i meant to say says i is how long is it since she saw you a man says he don't change much in fifteen year that's all right says i but the thing for you to do just now gingerbread is to report to the office and go swampin the new road to the landin on round island lake swampin says he me swampin again you just wait till i get married rowl and i'll show you what a man like me can do nothing like a little swampin says i to show a man just what he really can do rowl paused at the tail and that was gingerbread jenkins that was the gingerbread jenkins of the old days and of the days not long past rowl's listeners were well aware of it but there was a new gingerbread jenkins and it was concerning the new man that the listeners were curious they knew that john rowl knew and would enlighten them and they drew a little closer to the fire and to the old woodsman who was telling the tale 
End of chapter 18